MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. For every $25 you bet on college basketball, WinBet is giving you the chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March Madness and $1,000 in free WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And finally, we're brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com and get started today. And of course, make sure you download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right there in the palm of your hands. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy-ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Mighty Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Thank you for checking us out. Um, I'm wasting time because I forgot what episode number it is. We're up to episode <laughs> 119. I was going to say 118, but we already did 118. So this one's 119. Let's dedicate it to the MMA Manifesto, RIP, Rest in Pieces. Thank you for coming to the show, like I said. Hopefully you're listening to us on our feed, the MMA Gambling Podcast feed, so you can get us in your ears right away before all of our great advice uh, shifts the lines too much and, and you aren't able to, to grab that underdog or or uh, 10 times your money parlay play that, that we're going to give you later on. But um, subscribe to our feed, and if you give us a review, that would be amazing. Even if it's a bad review. I'll, we'll, we'll accept bad or good reviews, as long as the bad re- reviews are not about me, but are instead about my co-host, who I will introduce now. Um, I don't have, I don't think I have anything fancy to, to tell you about him this time. I think we should just get right down, right down to business. Um, he's the man up from the mountains. He is known as Daniel Gumby Reeland. He's the half of the duo here who's not, not on a heater like I am. Hello, Daniel. <laughs> I'm on a heater if we do uh, just just straight up uh, recommended plays. I'm on a heater yep. for those. Um, and I would also say I think I am on a heater because you mentioned the ten to one hungry man John parlay. I think we yep. hit that last week, did we not? You think we you think we hit it or did we hit it? I, didn't, I can't. Didn't keep track. I can't remember because I think it was if I'm remembering correctly, and um, I, you know, again, hazy memory. I think we had Dawkins. I think we had um, Onama. I think we had Jonathan Pierce, Mario Batista, and then we also had Jim Miller. And I think that would have made it ten to one. Wow! I could, I could be wrong, but now now I'm second guessing myself. But someone go back and listen because because we won't go back and listen. Tell me that we're great. Go back and listen. Yes, we're great. Because <laughs> this will be the second time you hit a massive parlay then, because uh, you hit a thirteen, famously hit a thirteen uh, to one parlay last year also yeah so so Amazing. you know i'm on a heater too we're good at what we do as someone would say right <laughs> somebody would say yes we're good somebody at what we do we're pretty good at what we do um if if uh listeners are sensing a different vibe i'm recording from a different spot and we're recording at at a unusual time for us so maybe, maybe the vibe will be different on the show today i'm not sure we'll, we'll have to have to wait and see um how our picks go um any nonsense that needs to be discussed before we we get down to this amazing fight card, what we have to break down. I that, 
that needs to be discussed? That needs well, yeah, I guess I guess needs is a strong word, but um, I'm trying to think if there is. John any... Jones got in trouble again. Either that or footage of old John Jones getting yeah, in trouble. Yeah, footage of old. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't know which one it is, but like I I didn't actually click on it because I was like, oh. This is either new bad stuff or old bad stuff that I already lived through once. In neither yeah. case uh, requires a click. That was Las Vegas, <laughs> the last one where he he didn't he didn't beat up his fiance at that that time. So it, it's just him. I didn't watch it, but it's just him having police cars and asking the police to kill him. You oh, know. that's you know the standard right the stuff. I, standard yeah. stuff, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Just an average day where where Dan lives, right, Dan? Yeah, that's right. That's, all the time. Yeah, that's that's completely a normal thing to happen. <laughs> Let me think. Anything else exciting? Well, that's not exciting. That's uh, depressing, but it is John Jones. Um, no real big fights announced or fights fall falling through. I don't think. I I, don't, I think it's been kind of quiet. Has it not? Yeah, the the Bobby Green replacement is pretty much yeah, the, the only we're thing. And we're, yeah, we're obviously going to get into. That. I think we mentioned it even on last show because it had already yeah. happened then. But yeah, no. Other than that, I don't think we've had any. Any big bookings or anything? It's, it's it's kind of a weird one. We we keep getting, I guess, Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington running their mouth and trying to sell their fight because they're yeah. the non-title fight uh, pay-per-view. So uh, apart from that, I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, let's 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 talk about that fight card quickly. <laughs> it's what in, in two weeks, March fifth. Yeah. UFC two seventy two. Is this really a pay-per-view level card? We got Covington Masvidal for nothing at the top of the card. What? Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fiziev as the co-main event. Like, is this really a that? That's pretty good. I would. Say, I know it's I good, but Bar- we're talking. And Barbosa Mitchell's a good one too. Yeah, but, I, but I we're think talking they're really. Yeah, they're they're really resting on the Colby Covington, uh, Jorge Masvidal to sell this. And you know, to be yeah. fair, Jorge Masvidal has sold a lot of pay-per-views already, right? Like that guy is. Yeah. You know, we watched him get his ass kicked by Kamara Usman. And uh, then get an immediate rematch without winning another fight, and it's sold again. Like, inexplicably sold again. So uh, I I think the UFC is resting heavily on the fact that people will pay to watch him fight. And, you know, not for anything, Colby Covington put together a couple of good pay-per-views with Kamar Usman as well. Now, I guess you, in the grand scheme of things, you have to ask yourself with both of those, was it Usman selling the pay-per-views, or was it any of these guys and I'm I'm sure they can point to whatever the buy rate was on Gilbert Burns to show that like these two do have a little bit of drawing power. Although that Gilbert Burns one was weird too, um, because wasn't that like the first one after no events for a really long time? That was like the the Fight Island debut or something like that. So it sounds right, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's not even a really good point. But like ultimately, like these two have shown that they can headline a pay per view. With somebody else, now the question is with each other, is there enough beef there? They're certainly trying to hype it up. They're certainly trying to give us the beef. That's true. And one of the biggest selling UFC pay-per-views of all time was kind of a similar matchup between Rampage Jackson and Rashad Evans for nothing but but two rivals at the top that, of the That fight sucked, too. <laughs> I know. It was, it was a massive uh, – it made a lot of money, but, yeah, the, the fight wasn't too exciting. Such a bummer. The thing is, the, the, the undercard of this pay-per-view does not – really had any star power on it. it it has people obviously to gens like us want to watch but there's really no like superstar or future superstar really on, on the undercard too which is interesting usually if they're not gonna have a title fight on the top then they're gonna have the rest of the card really solid it's you know it's solid matches but nothing a common 
the casual, so to speak, would would be wanting to spend 65 bucks on, you think. Now, I'd actually argue the opposite, though. Like, th- this card, especially the main card, is filled with people who I have a little bit less interest in than I think the common fan would. Like, no, no offense to Kevin Holland, I, I'm not, I don't see him as, like, a future title challenger, and I barely feel like he's top 15 in middleweight, which is one of the worst weight classes out there. And now he's moving down to welterweight, where I think he's going to get even more demolished. Um, in he's, he's on the main card, but like people love him, right? Like people love listening to him shit talk. So I I think that's a big one for fans like him or not in, in like we're post hype on Greg Hardy and, and all that kind of stuff. People pay to watch that fucking dude fight. And and I know it sucks and I know we don't want to pay to watch him fight. And I know that it upsets us every time, but clearly the amount it upsets us and the amount we tweet about it, the UFC realizes we're tweeting about it and it's it's news and he's a shithead and they're going to capitalize on it. So, like, again, a common fan would pay to see Greg Hardy while we wouldn't. And you could probably say the same thing about Bryce Mitchell. That idiot just put his foot in his mouth and called school shootings a government conspiracy. People are going to want to see either him get his face kicked in or rally to support him in their crazy-ass way uh, at this point in time. So, like... There's a lot of guys on here that have found ways to, like, make themselves news stories. So I think maybe that's – if it's not planned, it's very convenient for the UFC. Yeah, um, very good points, very good points. Um, but we we shall see. And I, as we I've said in previous episodes, it doesn't really matter too much to them if these pay-per-views are – they prefer them, obviously, to, to sell lots, but they they're getting their money regardless, so – it's not the end of the world if if it doesn't doesn't um, sell a huge amount of uh, of pay per views, um, and it's it's going to be a hard act to follow after this massive uh, fight card we have coming up this weekend. Uh, I don't know don't know how they're going to follow it up. But we we thought last week's was was a little soft. Ugh, this one, um, I don't know. What what do you think on paper? What, what's the better fight card, last week's or this one coming up? Last week's. Yeah, hundred percent. Last week, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this one, this one is taking some hits, which, which, uh, well, we can go through, but yeah, uh, I think I'd probably have to agree. Yeah, and it's it's not. I, I wouldn't say it's like last week's was head and shoulders better, and maybe like we also have the um, ability to like live in hindsight here, where we know yeah. that it, it it's better at the end of the day, right? Because we saw it happen, and it was there were some damn good fights on that at the end of the day. Um, but uh, this one, yeah, not a lot of intriguing matchups in this one. Not a lot of – like, there there were, like, a couple of fun stylistic ones, and the style part of them kind of went away when they had to replace a fighter, which is kind of a bummer, too. So, um, yeah, not not great. It's It's got a better fight poster, though. I'll give it that. <laughs> it's a drawing, I assume. It looks like a drawing to me. I'm looking at it on Wikipedia. It's, it's a good drawing, regardless. Um other than that, yeah, it's it's taken its share of hits, but well, let, let's just dive right into it after we've we've told you why um, it's a bad fight card and all that. As we said before, it does not mean you cannot make a whole bunch of money off it because last week's was a bad fight card and I made a whole bunch of money off it. Dan hit all his almost all of his recommended plays, so maybe maybe we could argue you could do better on crappy fight cards because not as many people are are betting on it maybe changing the lines you you think that's a a decent um 
take or not? It, it could be. I will say, though, sometimes on the biggest fights, you see the lines go craziest because, it, you know, somebody's fat casual money came in on Conor McGregor or something like that. So uh, sometimes you're right, like the books line it somewhere and there's not enough money to really sway it and the books were way wrong. But uh, more yeah. often than not, the books are pretty good at what they do and it takes a whole lot of idiots to make them uh, put up a bad line. So um True. In this case, yeah, I I kind of think uh, I I kind of think they're a little bit harder in certain circumstances. Yeah, it's true. I'm just trying to spin things down so people won't click off the podcast right now and say I'm not listening <laughs> to it because they told me it's a crappy fight fight card. But no, Dan's got to go and, and tell him that it's a hard fight card to, to pick. Also, <laughs> also. I, I I did I did have trouble with with some of my picks uh, to be perfectly honest because I'm like I don't remember these people. I've seen them fight before, but I don't really remember them. They're that means the, I got to make you go went, first, then, huh? Yeah, like split decision <laughs> winners on on the contender series, like like I'm going to remember that. But anyhow, <laughs> um, we'll dive into it in a sec. First, I'm going to dive into telling you about WinBet. WinBet has a massive college basketball contest. The grand prize winner will receive a reserved seating area, which is four seats. Uh, the world-renowned Win Las Vegas Race and Sports Book for the early round action of the college basketball tournament, which is Thursday, March 17th, and Friday, March 18th as well as two rooms at Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, they will be awarded with $1,000 in free bets on WinBet. Any WinBet patron that places a minimum $25 wager on college basketball during the promotion all period, promotion, I made that two words, promotion all period, will become eligible for the prize and players can take advantage of the offer immediately. There is no limit to the number of entries that a patron can receive into the grand prize drawing. For example, if a patron wagers $1,000 in college basketball during the promotional period, they will receive 40 entries. That's how that math works. Here's the important stuff. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And finally, not finally, but finally for this break let me tell you about ip vanish did you did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy that's right without added security you might as well give away all your private data to hackers advertisers your isp and other prying eyes that's why i use ip vanish vpn to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet ip vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100 of your data this means that your private details passwords communications browsing history and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like you do nine months for free. A lot of math in these ad reads, but Luckily, they did the math for me. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to IPVanish.com slash SGP and use promotion code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. I use it so people will not see my... Searches for Daniel Vreeland naked pictures. That's, that's Did I say the, that out loud or in my head? Crap. I think I was out loud. Anyhow, let's move the, on. The, I think you said the quiet part loud <laughs> and the loud part quiet. The loud part quiet, yes. Is that from The Simpsons? That's from The Simpsons, isn't it? I'm sure they said it at some point. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. All right. 
let's get down to this exciting fight night card from the UFC Apex. That, that's when you know it's going to be an action-packed card. Uh, it's UFC Fight Night, Makasha versus Green, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night 202, a.k.a. UFC and ETPN Plus 60, a.k.a. UFC Vegas 49. All right, it is, like I said, from UFC Apex. It is on Saturday night. I believe you said it was another 4 p.m., 7 p.m. Eastern start times, right? That's what I read, yes. All right, prelims, ESPN Plus, 4 p.m., main card, ESPN Plus, 7 p.m. All right. First, we'll, we'll tell you the bad news. It was supposed to be Makashev versus Dariush, Benil Dariush, um, basically a number one contender fight, but Dariush broke his leg. It says ankle injury, but didn't he technically broke his leg, did he not? That's, my uh, understanding is it's just a – it's like a high ankle. Like you'd say high ankle sprain, but it's technically okay. tibia okay. or tibia or something like that, and it's just like just above the ankle. Okay. Actually, that – could be worse than a lot of times those things are worse than broken bones uh but anyhow that, that's why he is out so bobby green took this fight in 10 days notice at a catch weight yeah well that's that's an even better part of this Dan. this is a catch weight fight <laughs> this well, is I, think it's, a, I think it's got to be because did you hear bobby green said he was up to 195 no way after, what is he fight after at? His, at 155 so i know he, I, I mean oh you mean yeah yeah, yeah. Engaged, you know it's pro i have no idea i've never seen he's his, not 195 he's not but 40 pounds heavier on fight night, is he? But, like, he had just got done off of a big win. He probably yeah, had a no. couple of real meals. Like, yeah. I mean, like, that's it. It sounds insane, but, like, that's yeah. how big guys get sometimes. And so, like, man, like, it, it had to be a catchweight. Had to be. Something, but still, this is not much of a catchweight. Five pounds. Um, really, four pounds, because he could, I guess, no, five pounds. He could probably be 161 now, right? Um, but, yeah, that's something to keep in mind. It, short notice fight for him, plus he sounds like he has to do a massive weight cut do head tattoos weigh anything is that part of the problem i don't i don't think so but i can nope. i can have my guy look at it <laughs> yeah check <laughs> he's got the bam bam big little thing going on um all right what else what else can i tell you uh we lost jarzinho rosenstrike versus Mar- marcin tibera that was supposed to be on this card like when, when you add in all, all the matches i'm going to mention it, it's a decent fight card um what else we have? We lost Wu Yanan. Um, she had to get replaced, and then her re- replacement got fired. Yeah, she didn't even <laughs> What's make the her story? debut. Jennifer, and... Gonzalez, yeah, Jennifer Gonzalez got signed to step in, and then they got rid of her. Do, do you hear why they got rid of her? Yeah, it was. Is she like a Nazi um, or something? No, well, that, that's <laughs> Usually happened it's stuff before. like that. That's happened before. No, I guess um, USADA went to go do their first check-in, oh, yeah, 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 and she had right. some kind of fight with the agent. I didn't understand it 100% yeah. because it was – um, it was like a foreign Portuguese language English, interview, yeah. or I yeah. think it's I think it was Spanish because if I'm not, oh really okay if I'm remembering correctly she's from is she from Chile I think she's yeah. Chilean um so uh yeah there was some sort of issue and some people claimed that it was due to a translation issue and I was getting the story through a translation so I didn't 100 percent understand but it was some sort of yeah. USADA problem she didn't take the test when she was supposed to and they were like. You're a 35-year-old fighter without a UFC fight on your record. We can just get rid of you and replace exactly. you with um, Ramona Pasquale, who is going to be in this fight instead. <laughs> yep, and then uh, um, Dan's favorite uh, actor, Mahmoud Muradov, uh, had to pull out. He was supposed to fight Misha Serkinov. He had to pull out of his fight. Um, we were supposed to have Ryan Spann versus Ian Kudalaba, which is another good fight. That one fell off the card. And then we had Johnny Parsons fall off, but he got replaced actually by probably a better fighter so um, yeah but it makes it a less fun style matchup which yeah. we'll talk about when we get to it <laughs> yeah so if, if you had Rosenstrike, Tybera, Span, Kudalaba, 
uh, on this fight card, um, along with some of the the better names that, that had to pull out and get replaced. It's a pretty solid fight card. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I, I'm not crapping all over the UFC for this one. Uh, they're doing what they can. So what we're left with is a 12-fight card. Um, am I right with that, or is it 13? Yep. Two, three. Yep, 12 fights. Uh, starting with flyweights, the two guys I mentioned, both of them won via split decision on the Contender Series, and both of them got a contract nonetheless because the UFC is building up the flyweight division again, I guess. Is that the reason why? Seems um, like it. Yeah, which is good. Which we're I'm here all for, for it. here. Yeah. Exactly. We're not shockwave. We're here for it. Um, but yeah, so both these both these guys usually have to do something pretty impressive on the contender series, and I don't remember either of these guys, so I don't think they did anything impressive, did they? Squeaking out wins. I mean, like they were pretty fun fights. Like they were action packed. Yeah. Remember that though. So we're going to talk about Victor Alteramondo uh, yeah. in a second, and he. Remember, he's the guy who both he and his opponent who lost the fight got a contract. Okay, yes. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, I remember him now. Did you know that he's Al Magnifico? Let's transfer uh, – let's uh, segue right into breaking down him. <laughs> Victor Altamarino. What do you think Al Magnifico means, Dan? The Magnificent. Yes, probably. I didn't even look it up, but I'm guessing that's what it means. Um, he is 10-1, and one, one knockout, four submissions. He's been – his one loss came via sub. He was one in all the contender series, as I mentioned. He's won four straight fights. He was the LFA champion before he went into the contender series. Three inches of reach over Hernandez. He's uh, this is you know, the stats I'm telling you coming up is just based off of one fight for each guy. Uh, he's more active striker, better grappling stats, plus 100. All right, Hernandez seven and one, four submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. He also won in all the contender series. He's two years younger than. El Magnifico. He was the HFC champ, which I think was Hoosier. Is Hoosier fight championship? Only I only know that because I just did these stats like a couple minutes ago. Uh, I'm not a big HFC fan. He's minus 125. Do you want to go first or you want me to break it down first? Or I guess I did break it down. I, I guess you can go first on this All one. right. I'm, I'm taking El Magnifico at, at the even money. This one's kind of a toss-up as as the numbers show, and I like his resume better. Um, I like the fact that he's been a champ before. I like that he's... Got the reach advantage, um, and yeah, I like I like a lot of times when it's new guys and I don't remember much or have even seen them fight much. I I check out the resumes and, and who they fought, and uh, I think he's fought a better level of competition. So that's my take. Yeah, I'm gonna take Alta Morano. Alta Morano again. Man, that name is for go. some reason miserable for me. Um, so I'm gonna take Alta Morano again uh, because so it's tricky for me because. I actually think Carlos Hernandez is the better wrestler here, um, but I think Altamirano is good off of his back. I also don't know that Carlos Hernandez will try to wrestle um, because he, he kind of failed in his fight with Daniel Baez in the uh, on the Contender Series. He also got popped a bunch of times in that fight, including once he got real wobbly. That's another reason why I like Altamirano here, too, is because he, like, throws big, heavy haymakers and, and really goes for it on the feet, whereas Hernandez is a little bit more safe, and not even safe in a way where his defense looks really great, but, like, safe in a way where he just doesn't pull the trigger enough, and he's, like, looking for his openings too long. Um, and I think for that reason, Altamirano is going to have a little bit more uh, pace, and he's going to put up a little bit more... Um, as far as the judges' scorecards go. So I, I'm going to go with Alta Morano. I will say 
of all of the fights on this card, this is the most miserable one to try to predict. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like b- both being guys who won by split decision on contender series, um, guys I haven't seen a ton of, but also guys who have like very clear flaws. Like Altamirano just gets like really comfy off of his back and goes for submissions. And against Candelario, he didn't get it. At some points, he got like sweeps and stuff like that. But like then you get Hernandez who's got like a clear striking defense issue and like, you know, so-so wrestling, but maybe better than Altamirano. So it's tough to call both because they're pretty even. And they also both have like weaknesses that I'm not sure the other one can even exploit. There you go. Dan agrees on me. I'm just right out of the bat. I uh, I like right out of the shoot us, us getting an underdog, even if it's a plus 100 and, yeah, speaking to what Dan said about this being a tough one to pick, it's it's the closest line also on the board. So there, there you go. It's not just us thinking it's difficult to predict. All right, moving on to welterweights. Ramiz Brahamaj, who is stepping in on short notice for this fight against Michael Gilmore. Why is his name spelled wrong always, Dan? Why does he Why does he do E before A? Why did his parents do that to him? I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird look, though. It's weird. <laughs> yes, it is. I, I feel like I want to call Michelle a Gilmar, but... Regardless, he he's the gentleman, uh, everyone. He is six and four with three knockouts on his pro record. He's been knocked out once and submitted three times, so all of his all of his losses have come via finish. He's only won the UFC lost via TKO to a fellow fellow housemate on the Ultimate Fighter, um Petrovsky, that that dude. So he, he lost to him in his official debut. He also lost his only fight in the Ultimate Fighter House. That was up at middleweight. This one's down at welterweight. He's got inch height over Brahamaj, plus 260 coming back on him. Brahamaj, 9-4 with nine submissions, so we've got a uh, a path to victory there. Um, he's been knocked out once. That's the only time he's been finished. He's 1-2 in the UFC. We, we got our one and only pattern this week, Dan. Loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. So it's seven straight fights. He's swapped losses and wins. His last fight being a loss, which was back last month. Um, he's taking this on short, very short notice. He lost to that Court McGee fellow. We both picked Brahamaj, and he broke our hearts there. Um, he's five years younger than Gilmore. Grappling stats in his favor, but it's a very small sample size for Gilmore. Minus 350. Over to you this time. I'm going to take Brahimai. Um I, I will say this. So he was uh, – Gilmore was supposed to fight Johnny Parsons in this fight. Yep. Um, and, and I will say this. I – when that line was posted, which wasn't quite as steep as this, instead of negative 350 for the favorite, I think it was like negative 220 or something like that, I was sitting there debating Michael Gilmore because I actually think he looked really good striking with Andre Petrovsky. If you remember, like he, he probably took a round off of Petrovsky in, in that fight, um, and it wasn't until the third round where Petrovsky really got his grappling going and, and wound up getting the finish. So... You know, like I, I think Gilmore, even coming down to to welterweight, has a lot of promise, and he was gonna fight a guy in Johnny Parsons who was just gonna throw with him because he's the kickboxing coach at Syndicate, and I was like, oh yeah, this is a perfect matchup. Like Gilmore, a kickboxer, a guy who wants to go throw hands with a guy who's gonna throw hands with him. It was like an intriguing setup for him, but like now this is a guy who's lost, you know, four times, five times if you count on the Ultimate Fighter four of them by submission and one of them could have been a submission instead he grounded and pounded him out while he was waiting to look for the submission up against Brahimai, a guy who puts on submission. So, you know, Gilmore's takedown defense held up a little bit in that last fight, but I don't think it's good enough here to hold up against Brahimai. So he's getting done dirty, is he, Dan? I, I mean, like he, they weren't, I don't think they were trying to do him dirty though, because here's the mm-hmm. thing too. I actually think they like Gilmore. 
Um, if you remember on the Ultimate Fighter, he was a guy who didn't actually get into the house. They they he wasn't the one of the sixteen people they picked for the house. Um, and he just chose to stand by and just be near the show constantly until they needed a replacement. Um, what's his name? Blew his leg out, and then they pulled him in. So he was actually only in the house for a little while, but. I think the UFC wanted him around after that because he got a fight after the show, which only a couple of people did. So um, it seems like they like him, and I think they were trying to give him a favorable matchup, and then the favorable matchup fell apart, and they gave him an awful one. You're so silly. You just said, if you remember on The Ultimate Fighter. No one remembers on The Ultimate Fighter, Dan. <laughs> you're, the only, you're the only person watching The Ultimate Fighter. You're talking to yourself here. Um, anyhow, yeah, Abrahama, or I like to say Rahimaj, he's he's the pick here. Um, despite the minus three fifty line, I'm going against the the stats though. I'm going against the. I know it's a silly stat, the win loss win loss thing, but seventy five percent accurate so far. <laughs> started, track, started tracking it, so there you go. But I I, I think this is going to be the one of the twenty five percent that goes against that. And uh, Rahimaj gets back on the winning track here. Let's move on to Bantamweight's Alejandro Perez versus Jonathan Martinez. The Bantamweight, Bantamweight, the best division in the UFC, probably. Uh, yeah, it's right I up think there. We, did we? I think we mentioned that last, um, or it's one of our one of the favorite divisions at the very least. Um, all right, Turbo is Mr. Perez's nickname. He's twenty-two, eight and one, with nine knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted three times. He's eight, three and one in the UFC. He's only won one of his last three, though. Uh, he lost two straight, and then he won his last one via submission. He because everything comes back to the Ultimate Fighter. He was 2-0 in the Ultimate Fighter and the champion when he was on that show. He made his pro debut in 2005. He's at plus 185 here. Jonathan the Dragon Martinez, 14-4, 7 knockouts, 2 submissions. He's only lost one time via knockouts, one time he's been finished in a fight. 5-3 in the UFC. He's won three of his last four, including his last fight. He has had issues missing weight in the past. He's fought down a weight class and up a weight class. He's been at flyweight and featherweight. This one's right in the middle at bantamweight. He's got two inches height over Perez, five inches of reach, five years younger. He's a more active striker, minus 240. Uh, I will be going with the Dragon here um, on a nice roll, much bigger, much younger, more active on the feet. Uh, he's the pick. Yeah, I also think he's going to just like avoid any of the ground against Perez, which I think will yeah. work out well for him. Um, Martinez, it, I mean, like it's seemingly really close to being on a four-fight winning streak with the fact that he just like got caught with a punch by Davy Grant. Um, and when you talk about the people he beat in there too, Frankie Signs, Thomas Almeida, and Zavid Lazashvili, um, who are all really tough dudes, they tried to book him with Nathaniel Woods, so clearly they're high on him as well. Yeah, I, I think he's the type of guy here who's just going to, like, kick Alejandro Perez's legs to oblivion and then outbox him. Um, and Perez, you know, don't get me wrong, he's is, is put together a nice little run lately. But the thing about it is, too, that he's just – he's beating guys who are, like, old and aged out or getting ready to be fired. You know, you beat Iri Alcantara and Eddie Wineland and Johnny Eduardo. Like, those are, those are old dudes. Um, so, like – He's not keeping up with young, fast people like Jonathan Martinez. So, yeah, I'll take Martinez. Yes, I was going to say he's an old dude himself, um, relatively speaking, for his weight class. 32 is not uh, in the prime of your career for a bantamweight. So um, we, we've agreed on – oh, we've agreed on all of them so far. Oh, dear. Um, let's see if that's <laughs> thing is, see if that, Actually, we're – let me check. Back to my, my beloved stats. Consensus were 61% on fights over the past, what, 400 fights I have here? 
that we've over 400 fights that we've agreed on and we're 66 percent this year so it's it's actually a good thing when we when we agree with one another because normally we are right uh we did really good on that last week i think we only missed on one that we both agreed on so so there you go all right um let me tell you about stable duel before we move on to the rest of this super exciting fight card uh there are never enough things to gamble on and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing best part is now there is a new way to play the ponies especially if you're brand new to the sport check out stable duel a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes pick your horses build your stable and play against others to move up the leaderboard win as much as fifteen thousand dollars with one entry don't know anything about horses you might say well not to worry the app gives you clear data on which horses to select as my voice cracks, I'm going through puberty to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stables. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win over at Stable Duel. All right, what's the next exciting fight that we're going to break down, Dan? Um, yeah, none of these fights are bad necessarily. It's just um, not massive names, but hey, that's what you get in fight nights. Um, all right, this one is good one. So I like Jin Yu Fry, and I like that she's winning fights again. It's women's strawweight, Jin Yu Fry versus Hannah Goldie. Um, Goldie's 24K. Fry does not have a nickname, but what's her Twitter thing? Something like Little Rue 2 or something like that. So that that could be her nickname. Um, all right, Goldie, six and two, one knockout, one submission. She's one and two in the UFC. Won her last fight via submission after dropping her first day, her first two fights. Um, she was one and zero in the Contender Series because really everything goes back to the Contender Series nowadays. Uh, she used to fight at flyweight. This one's down at strawweight. She's an inch taller than Frey or Fry. I think it's Frey, isn't it? Shouldn't you Frey? Or is no, it Fry? it's it's Fry. Uh, why did I think Frey sounds better? It doesn't, though. Frey does sound better. Uh, Goldie's seven years younger than Frey, who's actually um, one of those veterans in the sport uh, at 36, uh, almost 37. Um, boom, 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 boom. She's more than two times more active striking than Frey is. Uh, Goldie, that would be, and she's at plus 150. Frey, 11-6, one knockout, two submissions. She's been knocked out twice and submitted once. She's 2-2 two two in the UFC. However, after dropping her first two fights, she's 1-2 straight. Hey, wait a minute. I didn't write this down, but she was on the Ultimate Fighter 2. Was she not? Or was um, she not? No, no, neither of these two no. were on the Ultimate oh, Fighter. Oh, sorry. Okay, I was thinking she was in the house for some reason. I'm thinking someone else, but no. Um, she just got just got signed by the UFC when they got that weight division. Maybe that's why I'm I'm getting confused. Anyhow, she was 7-2 and two in Invicta where she was the champion of the Adam weight division. However, she was missing weight. Uh, she missed weight quite often at Adam weight. This one's up at straw weight. Uh, she's got four inches of reach over Goldie. She's got the grappling advantage over her all as well, stat-wise, and she's at minus 190. Now, Dan's going to tell you where the smart money is going to, smart money is going to go. Jin Fry. <laughs> Correct. I agree. Yeah, I agree. like I... I... I have actually never been really sold on Hannah Goldie. Um, like when she got signed to the UFC, everybody was talking about her. Um, they liked how she looked on Contender Series, beating Callie Robbins, um, which I I wasn't even really high on that. I didn't think she should have gotten a contract off of that, um, but she did. Um, and then Miranda Granger beat the hell out of her um, in her debut. She got beat up by Daniela Belvita. Um, and, and she did beat Emily Whitmire in her last fight, but it was just because Whitmire took her down and was holding her down. 
uh, and then got lazy with her arm. And also, not for anything, Emily Whitmire is a career four and five fighter. Um, which not four and five in the UFC, four and five total. So, like, I haven't seen really a lot from Hannah Goldie that impresses me, other than her getting like outboxed. And Jinju Fry can totally outbox her. Jinju Fry's like striking is is incredible, and she's great in the clinch. And she's also shown lately that she's got really good takedowns. Um, she beat Gloria DePaula almost exclusively on just taking her down and controlling her, and she did the same thing to Ashley Yoder, which is pretty damn impressive too because Yoder's a good grappler so uh, I think she could do that with Hannah Goldie but I also don't even think she needs to so uh yeah I'm, I'm really high on Jinyu Fry in this fight yes uh I am taking her as well yeah this is uh, nice I, I'm glad they're giving her some some matchups so she can win here it's nice to see a veteran um getting a, a good run here in the UFC so we agreed once again all right uh moving on to boom 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 lightweights Terrence McKinney versus Ferris Zayat M. Um, McKinney is T-Rex, W-R-E-C-K-S, T-Dot, W-R-E-C-K-S, and Zayat the Smile Killer. Both of them, very solid nicknames. Um, this is another very close one on the boards. Let's tell you about T-Rex first. McKinney, 11-3, five knockouts, six submissions. Everything is a finish for him. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. So that also is, uh, he's basically never gone to the distance is my uh, roundabout way of saying that. Um, maybe perhaps a prop bet coming up. Who knows? Uh, one and only UFC, very famously won via knockout. That was short notice fight too, correct? Yes. Yep. Like very short notice, right? Yeah, he, he took it on like a week's notice and he knocked out uh, Matt Favola. There you go. Uh, he's won four straight, all via finish. He was 0-1 on the contender series. He lost to Jordan Williams that we always that you always crap on, that guy, right? Correct. <laughs> correct. That no, 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 no. That can't nope, be right. Wasn't. Okay. Jordan Williams is much bigger. Yeah. All right. Well, I remember someone lost to Jordan Williams when I was Sean, Sean Woodson. He lost to Sean, Sean Woodson. Woodson. Okay. He's also much bigger. But anyhow, um, <laughs> longer. striking and gra- longer. <laughs> yes, longer. True. Yeah. The, I guess no one's going to call that guy big. Um, striking and grappling stats in his favor, but that's based off of I guess two fights. He's fought on the contender series as well. Plus one ten coming back at him. Uh, the smile killers. I am twelve and three. Five knockouts. Nine submissions. He's been subbed twice in his career. He's 2-1 in the UFC. He dropped his debut but won two straight. He has a few regional championships on his mantle. Uh, he used to fight at welterweight and middleweight. Um, this one is what? Lightweight, correct? Correct. Correct. Yep. Um, what else can I tell you about Mr. Zayam? He's got three inches of height over McKinney, two inches reach, three years younger, minus 134. I'm going to take a dog here. I'm going to take McKinney. Um Hopefully he can keep this huge momentum he's ha- he has going, and I like his obviously his crazy finishing power. Let's let's roll the dice. I, I think he's he's worth a stab at plus one ten. Yeah, I'm gonna go with you too. I like Terrence McKinney. Um, I, I think Zayim is a tough matchup for him in that he's like a really good kickboxer. Um, and there's like a lot of things to like about Ferris Zayim, but like the fact of the matter is McKinney's putting people away since. You know, you mentioned his contender series loss and some of his other regional losses and stuff like that. He's only ever lost down at featherweight. He decided, like, killing himself to make that weight class no longer made any sense. I'll go up to lightweight. And since then, he's just got um, and has looked great doing it. So, like, I think he's just got to touch Zayim. And, and while Zayim is, you know, an elusive, elusive that, like, Terrence McKinney's never going to get close to him. So, yeah, I like Terrence McKinney. I'll also say this. Comes from a wrestling background. 
his his wrestling coach was Michael Chiesa. So um, should he be having trouble at knockout blow? He could always just go to the wrestling game too. Um, so yeah, I like McKinney here. There you go. We are still on the same page. But as I said before, this is it's a good thing. Um, betting wise, it just makes fight day a little less fun for us, right, Dan? That's we yeah. We, we just other. don't bicker. That's fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> it fine. Is, it's true. I guess that's fine. All right, women's featherweight apparently is a weight class. Did you know that? Because there's a featherweight fight coming up next. It, it's only because it was on short notice, though. Uh, oh. It was originally supposed to be a 135 fight. Okay, there you go. See, that's, that's the only time. Not not big enough to be in that weight class. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, Pasquale, it definitely is. Um, Josie Nunez, or Josie Ann, if, if you want to be more formal, fighting Ramona Pasquale, who Pasquale, who is taking this on short notice, and it is her debut. Anything, before I go through all her info, anything of note to tell us about her? Have you seen her fight before? Yeah, when we broke down that Invicta card like two months ago, she oh, yeah. was on that. Um, we yeah. broke her down fighting a different opponent because her opponent dropped out uh, with COVID, I believe, in two and zero fighter on short notice in one. Um, but like we had bro- broken down her fight for that fight or for that card. There you go. And um, yes, she like I said, she's taking this on short notice. She's six and two as a pro with four knockouts, one submission. She's been knocked out once and submitted once, so she's only been stopped. Um, all of her losses have come via stoppage. She's won four straight though, uh, three straight via finish. One of those, the last one on Invicta. Um, that's her only Invicta fight on record, so she's one of Invicta. She used to fight at Bantamweight. She also used to fight at 150 pounds. Uh, her last fight was 150, was it not, the Invicta one? Yeah, it was because yeah. the short notice replacement. Yeah, so she I couldn't is, make it down. Yeah, so that's probably, that's, like Dan said, that's why this one's going to be at 145 pounds as well. Um, she's five inches taller than Nunez, so that that explains the, the weight thing. Uh, she's at plus 180. Josie is 8-1 and one with seven knockouts, never been finished in a fight. One in the UFC via knockout. She's won eight straight fights, six straight via finish. She used to fight at uh, Bantamweight. She used to fight at Lightweight, 155 pounds. Um, she's got an inter-reach on Pasquale, five years younger than her, minus 200. And you said Nunes is uh, too small for featherweight. She used to fight at Lightweight, dude. <laughs> she, 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 didn't you just read off, is she 5'2"? Is that what you think she was? <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't read. I didn't. I don't read heights, but no, oh, I'm but not she's, sure how. she's five two. Like she's five, she for real? Yeah, yeah. She's very short. She used to be 155 what? pounds. Are you, are you gonna shame her for that, Dan? I don't think she used to be 155 pounds. I think she probably had to fight yeah, somebody else who was uh, not going to make it to her weight class, and she just did it. Um, look, this is the second straight fight where she's fought somebody who has a massive reach and size advantage on her because she fought Bay Malecki in her UFC debut, who is like. I mean, like right. six, damn near six foot tall um, and with really long arms. And the reach just didn't matter, and I don't think it does here either. I'm going to take Josie Nunes, um, Ramona Pasquale, oh, while being a much bigger opponent here. I, I mean, like, she looked good beating uh, Shamir Pesquale, but, like, that fight was on short notice. Shamir wasn't even sure she was going to fight again, it seemed like. Uh, so, like... I take very little in that, and actually I didn't like Pasquale going into that fight. So I think Pasquale is too slow for Nunes. I don't think she hits as hard as Nunes. I think it's one of those fights, too, where Pasquale might even land more punches than Nunes at the end of the day, but um, the impact of those punches is going to sway the judges so much for Nunes because she hits so freaking hard. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Nunes here. 
Yep, seven knockouts in, uh, of uh, her eight wins. So that uh, speaks to the power right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking her as well. Power, um, experience in the UFC. Well, it's only one fight, but still, it counts for something. And she's not taking this to short notice. So um, it sounds like Pasquale may have some issues getting down to weight since, since they're making this at a higher weight class. So that is the pick. We're still on the same track. Uh, moving on to the main event of the prelims, Zhu Rong versus Ignacio Bahamondes at lightweight. Dan is quietly disappointed I didn't butcher either of those names, right? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. I didn't well. even I didn't even stumble. <laughs> I didn't stumble or pause. I just ripped right through it, ripped right through it. Um, Zoo wrong. Sometimes he's wrong. Zoo all is one word. Um, he is eighteen and four, twelve knockouts, four submissions. He's been subbed three times in his career. He's won one in the UFC. He won his last fight via TKO. He was a WLF champ back in China. He's three years younger than Bahamondes. Grappling stats in his favor. Uh, and he's super fan Jong's one of his favorites, right? Super fan Jong hated all of those fighters from China who kept throwing, China top team, throwing up duds on contender series, right? Yeah. Right. Although Not he, China he's top American. Have... He's American. Yeah, the, the performance institute right. out there. Right. Yeah, yeah. But now I think he's American top team. So maybe maybe Jong right. is okay with Zurong now. Maybe. Anyhow, uh, if he is okay with him, he can get him at plus 180. So, um, Bahamondes La Huala. Huala? Huala? Is that how you say it, Dan? His nickname? La Huala. J A U L A. Yeah, that's you how it would get. Spanish? But yeah. yeah. yeah Do you know I what that know means? They, they, vaguely. Uh, I don't, don't know what it means, actually. The so. cage is what Google says. It's the cage. So, that's where that, Google's that tracks. Wrong. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, it tracks. Sure. He's 12 and 4 with nine knockouts. Uh, he's been submitted twice. He's won one in the UFC as well. He also won his last fight via knockout. Um, he was one on the contender series. He was the LFL champ. I don't, don't remember or particularly care what that is, but he was a champ somewhere. He used to fight at welterweight. He's got six inches of height over wrong, four inches of reach, and he's almost two times more active striking, minus 230. Uh, Bahamanas is the pick. Um, way bigger and more active striker, which will help with that, uh, which that reach advantage is going to come in quite handy for that. So he is my pick. Yeah, and I just think he's a better striker, and this fight is going to yep. take place entirely there. Like, it, it's not, this one's not one that you have to, like, severely break down, right? Bahama Days, right. a little bit faster, way better cardio, incredibly better cardio than, than Zurong. Um, it's probably not going to hit the mat, so therefore you just take the guy who's faster, younger, Oh, well, he's not younger, right? Zurong's a little bit younger. Um, let me check Dan. Why not? Yes, three years younger. Yeah, yeah but uh, but yeah. like that's significant. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Bahamondes is faster. He's stronger. He's got better reach. He's more active. Yeah, you just Bahamondes all day here. There you go. So we are still on track. All the same. Um, on the prelims, you're gonna have to wait past these promos that I'm going to read to you to see if we can stay on the same track for the main card. First, Prop Swap. We're brought to you by Prop Swap, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is around the corner, and Prop Swap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, Prop Swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. Now is the time to find those Cinderella's where the odds are high. So get to your sports book, buy a handful of tickets, and list them on Prop Swap. Remember, only one team needs to make a run, and that ticket will pay for all the rest of them. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value or free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale. 
Loyalty Rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Us. That's us. Download our app if you haven't already. It's live in the App Store and Google Play. Gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts, contests, all the good stuff. And uh, toss us an app review if you could. Pretty, pretty please. All right. Main card. ESPN Plus, 7 p.m. Middleweights. Back-to-back Armands are fighting. Armin Petrosian versus Gregory Rodriguez. Or Gregory Hodriguez, I think we decided. His nickname is Hobocop, a.k.a. Robocop. Um, Petrosian is Superman, uh, who I always thought was Clark Kent, but no. Or what's his name? What's his name when he was back on the play, Krypton? Do you know any Superman info, Dan? No, I do not. Like Cal <laughs> Al or something. Yeah, your kids are into Spider-Man, not Superman, right? Yeah, they are. And I'm not, particular, I'm not particularly in the either. <laughs> there you go. Dan, it's too cool for comics, as am I. We're super cool dudes. All right, Petrosian, 6-1 and one with six knockouts. Uh, this will be his UFC debut um, after coming off the contender series, which he won via knockout, obviously, because all his fights have finished via knockout. Oh, his one loss came via knockout, so uh, he's never been to a decision. He's won two straight fights, both few finish, obviously. Uh, he used to fight at light, heavyweight. This one's at middleweight. He was the AMC champ. He's at plus 135. Rodriguez, a.k.a. Hobocop, 11-3, five knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out himself twice, 2-0 in the UFC. Uh, one via knockout his last fight. He's won four straight fights. Uh, he was 0-1 in the contender series. He may have been the one that lost to that Jordan Williams guy. Does that track, Dan? That does track, yes. That's okay, correct. there you go. Uh, he was the LFA champ. He also was the SG champ, which I don't know what it is. You know what SG is, Dan? I'm going to Um, SG. We know what SGP and SGPN oh, is. Oh, is it, is, it, is it Smash Global? Sure. Okay. I'm not looking it up. Okay, sure. I think there's a promotion called Smash yeah. Global. <laughs> that's, that's a great name. Um, he's got four inches of reach over Petrosian. He's two years younger. Striking stats and active striking stats and grappling stats in his favor, but it's only one fight sample for Petrosian. Uh, minus 174 Hobo Cop Rodriguez. Uh, over to you first. I'm going to take uh, Hobo Cop. I like Gregory Rodriguez in this fight. Um, I like him for a couple of reasons. Number one, Petrosian uh, is just mostly a kickboxer. Um, like if you look at his record, there's like a huge gap in activity in there um, where. He had taken some, like, amateur fight, and then he just didn't fight again because he's mostly a kickboxer, and his brother is, like, a very highly noted kickboxer. Um, So, like, a lot of people, when they saw him on the Contender Series, were picking against him because they're like, oh, this, you know, Bulgarian dude he's fighting is just going to wrestle him up. In fact, I think I even took the Bulgarian guy to wrestle him up. Um, But it didn't work out that way. He wound up getting a head kick knockout. I just think he's fighting a guy now who can actually kick him down, right? For all that we talk about RoboCop striking and it looked really good against uh, Jung Young Park, like, he, he also is a really great grappler. Um, he's been on, like, Quinnette grappling competitions recently and stuff like that. Like, he's a really top-notch grappler. So I, I kind of think he's just going to outgrapple Petrosian um, and make it so that it's a, a grinding of a fight. And I don't think Petrosian stands much of a chance in that case. So I, I'm going to take Hodhiguez here. And we're still on the same page. I'm taking Hot Hegaz Hobocop as well. One guy who's not on the same page 
super fan Jong. Um, he's ready in the in the slack. He likes he's, the he's he likes the Petrosian, huh? Yeah, he does. He does. I don't. So we'll, I, I don't. There you go. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Jong. We are going against you in this one. Um, all right, the other Armin that's fighting. This one is that lightweight, spelled differently. Also, Armin Tazrukian versus Joel Alvarez. Joel. You can call him Joel, though, can you not? Or do we have to call him – do we have to make the J and H? I think, it's, I think it's Joel, but I would also say it's Sarkurian and not Tisisarkian. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, not, it's Sarukian. It's Sarukian, like tsunami. Um, okay, say uh, – okay, Hotshot, tell me um, Alfino, Alfino Mino is Alvarez's nickname. Tell me uh, Sarukian's nickname. Sarukian's nickname is – hang on, let me click something real quick. <laughs> yep. You need to say it. Oh, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. Uh, uh, that's yes. Uh, I don't know what it means. Or it looks Greek to me. Does, does it not look like a Greek word to you? Well, Sir, well, Syracuse Armenian, right? He's, yeah. He's an Armenian dude. So I don't, I don't know anything about the Armenian language or if no. there, it has its own. Yeah. So I maybe it looks Armenian to me. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Let's tell you about. Alvarez first. He's 19-2, three knockouts, 16 submissions. Everything is a finish for this man. He's been knocked out himself once. He's 4-1 in the UFC. He dropped his debut, but then won four straight, all via finish. However, he's missed weight kind of badly. A lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. What? He was one, He was up over – it wasn't like a couple couple pounds either. He, he was over a lot, I think, like four, three and four pounds over the limit, I think. Over his last two fights, um, back-to-back fights, they're still letting him fight at lightweight, though, for some reason. Uh, he was the AFL champ. He used to fight at featherweight somehow. And now he can't even make lightweight. Um, eight inches of height over Sarukian, five inches of reach. More active striker, uh, plus 175. Um, I usually like to say nicknames here. I'm not going to attempt this one. Sarukian, <laughs> seven and two. Ahalkalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakalakal
I actually like Alvarez here with the upset. I, I think he's a little bit better on the feet. I think he's got good counters in the grappling department. As long as he doesn't get too comfy on the bottom, I think he'll be just fine and give me some dog money here. Yeah, you must be very happy about this line then, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I am a little bit. I, I think it's probably lined pretty accurately because there is a chance that that we see Sarukian just come in and try to grow grind him out and him get too comfortable looking for submissions. Um, and if he does that, like he's in trouble probably, but if he fights back to his feet or, you know, he bails on submissions when he realizes he can't get them. Like, I, I think he's going to have a pretty good chance of winning. So I get why the line is where it is, but yeah, I do like the fact that I'm getting dog money here. And are you, do you agree that wait until Friday's weigh in before you actually put some real money on this fight or do, I don't do you know, not he, think it matters? So for me, in those ones, when you're you're talking about people missing weight, it really comes down to whether or not you think they're trying. Because, like, for, for somebody who misses weight and you're like, oh, he just gave up before his body shut down, way before his body shut down. Like, he had a good feeling that it wasn't going to happen, so he just stopped. Like, that, I don't think it affects him as much as somebody who, like, sucked down to, like, the last possible pounds. And so the fact that he's missing by a lot... I think actually shows he's just like not necessarily trying. And I don't, while that's terrible, uh, I don't think it's as problematic as far as like, if you just need him to win, because if you just need him to win here, like you'd almost rather he just miss weight by 10 pounds and not give a shit. And then just fight him up a weight class. Um, like, so I'm less worried about that scale. Um, although if you wait and he misses, Wait, you might be able to even get a better number because the money might flock in on Sarukian. Yeah, no, it's true. People that miss by a lot, a lot of times, well, it, it can mean it can mean a few things. It could mean they have an injury, and that's why they they couldn't train to get down to the weight, or like Dan said, it, uh, which would be a, a bad thing, obviously. Or it could mean that they just gave up and or and they're they're gaming the system basically, um, or, or they don't want to almost die. Um, and and in that case, it's a good thing, but. Fighters that miss weight only win 37% of the time. So Dan is going against the stats on this one, and no fighter that's missed weight has won a fight this year yet. They're 0-2 thus far. So Dan's bucking the trend here, but this fight's a lot, like I said, a lot closer um, than, than the numbers suggest, if you ask me, because I, I had trouble picking this one. All right, moving on to the person whose nickname I stole, Ji Yeon Kim, used to be known as Fire Fist, but not any longer, because that's me. Fire Fist Fox sounds a lot better anyhow. Then uh, the fire fist Kim. Um, she, she's a women's flyweight. She's fighting Priscilla Cachoeira, which is also a nickname because her last name, of course, is what Silva or something. Da Silva, something like that. I'm looking it up now. Um, Gomez Da Silva. So there you go. But she goes by Cachoeira. All right. Like I said, this is a flyweight. Um, if this isn't the third from the top fight, and then uh, on a on a stack fight card, then, then I don't know what it is, Dan. Right. Kim yeah, this, wow. This is, this is not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Firefist versus Zombie Girl, which is actually two. Both of them are quality nicknames. Zombie Girl could also be a nickname I, I take in the future. That's a that's a fitting nickname for me. Um, all right, we'll tell you about her first. That would be Kachuera. Ten and four, six knockouts. She's won two. Uh, sorry, she's been submitted twice herself. Two and four in the UFC. Uh, however, she's won two of her last three fights. So. Um, on a roll. She's the one that got just, like almost murdered by uh, Valentina Shevchenko on short notice, right? Um, in her debut, or am yes. I thinking someone else? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. That was that was her uh, debut into the UFC. Um, she lost her last fight via submission. She used to fight at up a weight class at bantamweight. She's got the grappling stats in her favor, plus one forty five. 
Uh, Fire Fist, Cam, 9-4-2 and two with two knockouts, three submissions, never been finished in a fight. She is 3-4 and four in the UFC, so yeah, this is a, a quality fight for sure. Um, two fighters with losing UFC records. She's lost her last two fights. She's also missed weight in the past twice. Um, she also used to fight at Bantamweight. She's got multiple championships on her. What, Dan? She's got multiple championships on her resume. Is that... Nope. What do we... you don't listen when I talk, do you? I I do, but I don't. I don't on her mantle. Oh, every yeah, episode. Guess, every episode using... is mantle. We even discussed whether people have mantles. I'm really hurt. Here. We have discussed that once or twice. <laughs> I, I am hurt. You you do not pay attention. Um, where was I? Yes, the championship. <laughs> You're not paying uh, attention either. <laughs> no. you, you sidetracked me here. She's got seven inches of reach over Kachura. That's that is some reach advantage. Um, people with at least four inches of reach are winning 67 percent of the time this year. So. That's something to keep in mind. Um, she's also a year younger, which is pretty much a wash. Striking stats and active striking stats in her favor, minus one eighty-five. We'll let you um, we'll let you break down this, this this stunning matchup first of all. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna take V on Kim. Um, look, I, I think the thing about Cachoeira is like she. I don't think she can win this fight on the feet, right? Like this seems more like one where she kind of needs it on the mat, and I mean she didn't really look good on the mat. Last time, she she doesn't hit takedowns herself. Um, you know, she she's got like a little bit of. I mean, I guess she did knock out Shannon Dobson on the feet, like, and she got a TKO over Gina Mazzani. But like, man, she got outstruck by Molly McCann and outgrappled by Molly McCann. So like, I, I just can't imagine Gigi on Kim is going to have any trouble with that. You know what I mean? Like, she got outstruck by Luana Carolina. She. You know, I, I don't think Jillian Robertson was doing bad against her on the feet. Um, so, like, I, I think I'm just going to take G on Kim. I think she'll be more active here striking. I think she'll stuff any takedown she needs to and uh, win a really boring decision. <laughs> yes, Kim is the pick. She's going to end her losing streak and get the win here. So she's my pick as well. All right, co-main event is middleweights. Misha Sirkinov versus Wellington Terman. Sirkinov is technically a Canadian now because he's, He's Latvian, but he moved to Canada. So he's we're, we're, we're grabbing him as, as our own. Um, all right, we'll tell you about Terman first. The Prodigy, he's only 25, I think, so I think he can still be called the Prodigy. This is something we've discussed also. I'm sure Dan does not remember. Um, but, but Dan Dan brought up uh, BJ Penn still being <laughs> the, the, what's he's, he's running for something, right? What's he running for? Governor of, of Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii. Fantastic. So if you live in Hawaii, would you vote for him, Dan? He's got real no, here. He, he, has like a really nut, good... he seems like a fucking nut job. <laughs> really? Yeah. So he has a he has a chance then is what you're saying. Um No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Hawaiians are Hawaiians are smarter than uh, people I, in other parts of the world. That's good. I I think so. It seems like that. <laughs> good to hear. Well, this isn't a Hawaiian poli- uh, politics podcast, is it, Dan? It's not. It could be. It could, could be. be someday. It could be that. All right. All right. We're not talking about Hawaiians. We're talking about Brazilian while it's in Um the Brazilian prodigy. Seventeen and five, four knockouts, seven submissions. Uh he's been knocked out himself twice. He's never been submitted in a fight. Um he's two and three in the UFC. He won his last fight. He used to fight at Welterweight. He's taking this fight on is he taking this fight on short notice? Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yes. I have that written down, but yes. It was supposed yes. It was supposed to be uh Dan's favorite actor, right? Um, but I think so he, he dropped take, out a long enough ago. Yeah, it was like almost German a month, I think. Like a halfway normal camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was 28th of January this was announced, so it's it's still technically, uh, I make it 
anything less than a month, I, I consider short notice. But yeah, he's right, bumping up right against the uh, the limit there. Um, he's nine years younger than Sirkinov, plus 100, so even money come back at him. Sirkinov, seven, uh, 15 to seven, five knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out four times, submitted twice. He's six and five in the UFC. He's lost two straight fights. He's only won one of his last four. He most of his career was at light heavyweight. He just dropped the middleweight in his last fight, which I think we all agree he won, even though he didn't win, right? But that was one of those contested uh, wins, was it not? Uh, I, I maybe, don't maybe you weren't on board one. for that. I, I don't remember, remember that one well enough. He he fought that other guy that that I thought he would have fought already. Um, Jokov, I believe. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Boy, Dan is being Jeff and not remembering things today. Yeah. That, I oh. Well, that's because you said Jokov. His name oh, is yeah, Jocko. Christoph Jocko. Jocko. Christoph you said Jokov, and I was like, yeah. do I know Who's a Jokov? Jokov? <laughs> Jokov's an NBA player or something, right? Um, Joe, yes. Joe, did you say Joe Cuff? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I thought that fight was a close one, was it not? Yeah, I think. it was. I, it yes. was. I think I called it for Jocko, though, as long as I'm I'm remembering correctly now that I have okay. the actual Polish fighter and not uh, some guy from the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyhow, he, he he lost that fight, whether no matter what we think. Um, he was the HKFC champ. I don't know who that is, but he was. Um, he made his debut back in 2010. Three inch tall and determined, five inches of reach, striking stats and active striking stats in his favor, as well as well as grappling stats in his favor. Minus 125. Who's is it? My turn or your turn? I think it's your, your turn. turn. It? No, okay, I just took you on kid. Uh, all right, I, I'm taking the uh, the the Canadian. I'm taking Sirkinov. I'm hoping he can get off the. Schneid here and get himself a win over the so-called prodigy. Um, short notice is never a good thing, uh, especially against a guy like uh, experienced guy like Sirkinov. So let's, let's go Sirkinov. Let's roll the dice in this almost pick and fight. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm going to take Sirkinov. Uh, I don't feel great about it, um, mostly because I know no. Terman has got like decent jujitsu, ju- um, yep. and, and so like Sirkinov just going for takedowns and his wrestling heavy approach him might not be the best move um and i don't really know how this looks like if it stays standing but i will say uh two different people have you know blasted tournament on the feet and then one by ground and pound i think that's a real possibility here um or i think you know maybe he just stays safe enough in the wrestling i really this is more of a fate of tournament than a uh vote of confidence in misha Serkinov. so uh i'm gonna take Serkinov, and i'm not gonna feel great about it but he's a prodigy dan how can he you is, not feel good about the prodigy? He's not a prodigy. He's the <laughs> prodigy. That's true. He's even better. He's the prodigy, and yet you don't. You're not big on him, huh? Nope, I am Go not. Go figure. <laughs> Go figure. All right, uh, Dan did not give him that nickname. All right, main event time. Uh, catch weight: 160 pounds. Islam Makashev versus Bobby Green, King Bobby Green, who's uh, fresh off winning. How many weeks ago? Two weeks ago was it? Two events ago, or was it? It wasn't last week, was it? No, it was two weeks. Was no, two, two weeks ago. Right. Two weeks ago. Yep. Yes. All right. Fresh off winning there. He is the king. He's 29-12-1, 10 knockouts, 8 submissions. Um, despite that extensive record, this is his first time headlining on a major promotion. Uh, he's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. Um, he's 10-7-1 in the UFC. He's taking this fight on short notice, as mentioned. Uh, he's won two straight. Before that, he lost two straight. He was 4-1 in the RIP Strike Force league he's got a bunch of regional championships on his mantle there you go <laughs> i got a brain, brainwash too perfect uh he made his debut in 2008 he's got an inch of reach over makashev he's almost three times more active striking than makashev 
plus 550. Uh, Makachev is 21 and 1, three knockouts, 10 submissions, 10 and 1 in the UFC, nine straight wins, three straight of those via sub. He's a Sambo champ and a grappling champ, five years younger than Green, striking and grappling stats in his favor, minus 900. Go ahead, Dan. Juicy, juicy numbers here. Yeah, I hate the minus 900 line, but you got to take him here. I, look, I, I'm so happy for Bobby Green getting this fight, but here's a, a real fact. Bobby Green was not the best person to fill in for this because here's the thing about Bobby Green. He gives up takedowns. Like, he does. Yeah. Like, like you, you can say, like, oh, he gets right back up and shit like that. But, like, yeah, he got right back up against Clay Guida or Lando Venata. He didn't get right back up against Islam Makashev. So he gives up the takedowns in the first place, which is a problem. Sure, is he probably a better striker than Islam Makashev? For sure, but, like, Look, the the person who is going to be Islam Makashev one day is going to be somebody who is both good at jiu-jitsu or good at stuffing takedowns or a phenomenal kickboxer, um, somebody who can throw a mean knee on the way in, and Bobby Green's none of those things. Um, so I'm glad that people like the narrative here, but the line, even as juicy as it is, is just not tempting to me. No, Makashev is the pick. Um, as I mentioned, Green gets takedown. Take, taken down. Um pretty much every fight anytime someone tries to take him down he gets taken down he's he is a far more active striker as i said uh he's also very good at not getting hit um but um that's not going to matter because he's not going to be on his feet for too long so makashev is the pick on this one um pretty pretty simple one um hopefully for us all right recommended place you ready to move on to recommended place Mr. yeah I'm, I'm ready for him all right you go first we'll let you let you pick first all right, I'm going to take uh, 30 bucks on of my 100 on Jin Yu Fry. Uh, just straight up. Okay. I straight think up, she, so she, she wins that fight, and I like the line. All right, 30 on Jin Yu Fry. Let me see. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to uh, steer clear of the minus 900 number. Um, let's, take, um, let's take Fire Fist, just winning outright. Um 30 sounds like a good number. Uh, I'm not super, super sold on that. So let's take um, Kim, $30 on Kim beating Catcher Rivera at minus 185. All right, and I'm going to take another 30, and I'm going to play Ignacio Baja Mondays straight up. All right. Over zero. Um, what number are we giving you on that? I'm giving you minus 230. Okie dokie. Playing it safe this week, Dan, are we? No, I got a couple of least, one. Oh. I got some in the chamber that I'm coming for. Oh boy, in, in a get ready! All right, uh, I'm just going from top to bottom of the fight card here and seeing which ones I like. Um, yep, I'm one. This is all right, but that's. Hmm, do I want a number that big? I had one. Um, let's take. All right, let's take. Um, Braham, Brahama. Let's take uh, um how much am I gonna take him? Let's take twenty bucks on him winning via submission. Do you have that number in front of you? Or I do because I do head? because that my next play was twenty dollars <laughs> like on was twenty dollars on Ramiz Brahima by submission. So I'll All just right. double that down well, with you. And the number we're getting is plus one hundred. Um, oh, definitely like that. Yeah, okay. yeah. So even money on Brian Mai to submit Michael Gilmore. Uh, and I'll just, yeah, like I said, I'm going to double that. That was going to be right. a $20 play for me. That got me up to 80 and leaves me 20 right. left over. All right. I still have 50, 50 bucks to spend. Let's take, um, 
try not to take all the ones that Dan's taking here because I, I do uh, I do like some of your picks. Um, shockingly, let's take um, yeah I like Bahamondas too. Let, let's take how much do I have here? Let's take twenty five on Bahamondas just winning out right. All right, and I'm going to put my last twenty on Terrence McKinney outright. Okay, McKinney, and he's at even money, right? Or no, even better? Or is it just even? I think uh, I saw him at plus one ten. One ten. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, it's hard to get different picks because we're very much on the same page this week. Who's the other one I was thinking of for twenty five? Um, Jin Yu Fry outright twenty five bucks on Jin Yu Fry winning outright at minus one ninety was my last pick. So uh, wrap wrapping all that up in a nice bow for y'all as I put the remains of it in the spreadsheet. Okay, Dan, aka Gumby, thirty bucks on Jin Yu Fry beating uh, Hannah Goldie minus one ninety. Thirty bucks on Ignacio Bahamondes beating who's he fighting again? Zurong. Uh, Zurong, right? Minus two thirty. Twenty bucks on. Rahmiz Brahma uh, winning outright. No, submissions, that one. Submission. Yep. Submission over Gilmore. Michael Gilmore. Gilmore. The man with the name spelt wrong. Michael Gilmore. So he's taking that uh, 20 bucks plus money submission. Then he's taking 20 bucks on Terrence McKinney winning outright plus 110. For me, 30 bucks on Firefist G. Yeon Kim winning outright over Priscilla Cachorera minus 185. 20 bucks on Brahma submission at even money. 25 bucks on Bahamondes winning outright at minus 230. And then 25 bucks at Jin Yu Fry winning outright at minus 190. Boom. Boom. That's, that's another person's line. I still, I, I keep stealing that person's line. Boom is one of his lines too. Um, this train's rolling down the track, Dan. Um, time for a 10, 10 to 1 Hungry Jong parlay. Yeah, it's time for the super Dan Jong uh, Hungry Man parlay. So yeah, let, let's. Okay, I'm the- actually going to type. I'm going to type down your picks this time. All right, yeah. Which means we'll, you're going to lose. But. Yeah, well, so let's start with the guys we already like, right? Like, we'll, we'll start with Bahamondes, who we all agree, we both agreed we liked. Um, I'm, j- I'm just going to throw Ramiz Brahimai in there straight up instead of getting too fancy with that one. And Jinyu Pride, those are three plays that both of us put in there. Um, and then if you add yeah. the two people that we had separately, uh, Yiji on Kim and Terrence McKinney, it's going to give you nine and a half to one. So, just ride the ones that we have in our our recommended place here, uh, and you'll you'll wind up with that hungry hungry man John Parlay. You're playing it safe. Only nine and a half times your money this week. But hey, we'll take nine and a half. Why not? Um, did we do it, Dan? I think, I think, did we, get I think we did it. Cards? I think I think we get we got him through it. We got him through it. All right. Hopefully this was enjoyable for all of y'all. Um, make sure you obviously watch the fights. And if you are watching the fights, go into the SGPN Slack, find the fight, the fights channel in there and hop in. Cause it's uh, a fun time. Um, talking fights, making bets, all that, all that good stuff. So make sure you get in the SGPN Slack and we have it for basically every sport and for food and for booze and for movies and pretty much there's a board for everything in there. So, and there are all good peoples, good peoples, uh, good degens all around in there. So check that out. Check out all our writing and all the other podcasts, obviously, on the sportsgamingpodcast.com. And then you can listen to Dan's podcast if you haven't heard enough of him. He's got Prelim Primer coming up, or maybe you've already done it. Maybe it's already out there for all I know. Um, 
and then top turtle. Who we who we got on the top turtle podcast this week, Daniel? Um, on this week is Terrence McKinney, uh, who we talked about a little T-Rex. bit on today's show, and then uh, a fighter not fighting until the following weekend's card, Dustin Jacoby. He's got a nickname too. I can't think of it right. The Hanja. Oh, really? Yeah. That's right. All right, there you go. Jam packed show uh, there also. So, um, that is all you need to know. Oh, obviously. Um, Twitter. I'm well over a thousand. I'm like a thousand and fourteen. So I think I'm safe, unless I say something really bad and get myself canceled. But um, worst thing I say is hillbilly, and I don't think hillbillies use Twitter, do they, Dan? I don't think so. But I, I, or, <laughs> I'm not sure. You're not positive. Yeah, I'm not positive about that. <laughs> All right. Um, so follow me, Jeff Fox writer. Follow him, Gumby Vreeland. Uh. I think it's probably my turn to, to to take us home. We'll be back on Sunday to talk about how we did on this year fight card um, and to maybe give you a quick preview on UFC 272, which we kind of did this show too. But anyhow, we'll, we'll have lots of fun on Sunday. Maybe there's other promotions we'll talk about. Who knows? Who knows? Um, until then, I will be Fire Fist, Jeff Fox. Actually, it sounds better if I say Jeff Fire Fist Fox. He is Gumby. Daniel Vreeland, which sounds better if you just say Gumby Vreeland. And we will catch you on Sunday. Bye.